0: I'm going to speak to you just for a few minutes, and I mean that a few minutes, okay? <laughs> On the subject of victory, text this morning I'm taking is 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 15, beginning in verse number 50. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin. The strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, forasmuch as ye you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Three times in that passage, we find the word victory. Now, thinking about that, that's not exactly something you associate with a graveyard or a cemetery. To have victory, though, means there must have been a battle. Now, that is something we associate with a graveyard or a cemetery. I've visited battlefields. I like to visit those Civil War battlefields. and I've visited a a few of them, and I, I like to visit the cemeteries that are usually right there next to them. Filled with the, the brave soldiers who fought and died. One memorable family vacation growing up, we, we went and we actually hit two of the deadliest battlefields of the Civil War in a single day. And that's always made an impression on me. Went to Antietam, or Sharpsburg, you are from the south. Almost 23,000 casualties, almost 4,000 killed in a single day on September 17, 1862. Nearby is the Antietam National Cemetery, almost 5,000 Civil War graves, remember driving by that one. Gettysburg, some 50,000 casualties, almost 8,000 killed across three days of fighting from July 1st to 3rd, 1863. Over 3,500 graves are at the Gettysburg National Cemetery there just from that single battle. Those graveyards are monuments, not of great victories, but the tragic losses of war. Now cemeteries are not fitting places for celebrations or parties. They're places to mourn, to grieve. But that's looking at them from an earthly viewpoint. We only see this side of the grave down here. If we can only see the other side, we can see that a grave can be a place of victory. Paul writes in our text, That for the child of God, the grave is not a place of defeat. By the way, it's not even a battlefield because the battle's already been won. Verse 57 says it so well. Victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. All eternity hinges on what happened 2,000 years ago there in the nation of Israel. The eternal God, who the universe cannot contain, humbled himself to take up residence in a virgin's womb. John the Apostle described it like this in John 1.14. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John the Baptist introduced Christ to the world stage with these words. Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. Simon Peter confessed to him in Matthew 16, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. His enemies sent men to capture him. They returned empty-handed and said, never man spake like this man. Pilate interrogated him and came to the conclusion, I find no fault in him. The Roman centurion, gazing upon our crucified Lord, exclaimed, truly this man was the Son of God. Isaiah wrote of him some 700 years before. Think about that. 700 years before Christ walked the earth, the prophet Isaiah wrote in Isaiah 53, He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed, and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before the shearers is dumb so he opened not his mouth he was taken from prison and from judgment who shall declare his generation for he was cut off out of the land of the living for the transgression of my people was he stricken and he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death because he had done no violence neither was in deceit in his mouth no it was not a tragedy there on the cross The battle was not lost when Christ died. No, he cried out, it is finished. That's a cry of a victor. He came to win the battle over sin, death, and the grave. Isaiah continues, Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see a seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the travail of his soul, and I love this part, and shall be satisfied. I love that. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore will I divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he hath poured out his soul unto death. He was numbered with the transgressors. He bare the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. On that first Easter morning, the angel at the tomb proclaimed, Why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. That's the victory Paul was talking about. Victory for us through Christ's triumph. The child of God does not need to fear death. Death is a conquered, defeated foe. Yes, we celebrate a great victory today, a victory that reverberates through the ages. A victory won on the battlefield of the cemetery. We share in that victory through our faith in Christ, who, who He is, what He has done. John the Apostle wrote in the Epistle of First John: "For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world." And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is He that overcometh the world? But He that believeth that Jesus is the Son. Of God, hope you celebrate Easter for the true reason. It's not about the bunnies and the candy, although I'm all for Reese's peanut butter eggs. But the true reason is that our Savior rose from the dead. Bear be ready to celebrate that in your heart. Bear be able to. It needs to be personal to each and every one of us. He loves us. He died for us. He rose for us. And he will save us if we only place our faith and trust in him.